I love the super again. I think that's the idea in the world. That's what I say. <laughs> so what exactly is the European Super League? This is a proposed continental football competition intended to replace the existing Champions League and will be formed by 12 founding members, the big six in England, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United and Tottenham, three clubs from Spain, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona and Real Madrid, and three from Italy, AC Milan, Inter Milan and Juventus. Eventually, this will expand to 15 fixed members and five qualifiers every year. So to understand the furore behind this proposal, you need to know how the European football ecosystem usually works. Every country has its own league and every season the teams that finish at the top will qualify for the Champions League. So let's use the example of the English Premier League. Last season, the top four in the Premier League, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea qualified for the Champions League through their own results and merit. The Champions League would then include top teams from countries across Europe as varied as Portugal, Denmark and the Ukraine. Back to the Premier League and there is a mechanism here that's missing in the proposed Super League and that's relegation. So in the 20-team Premier League, the bottom three teams are relegated to the league below, called the Championship, where three teams are then promoted in their place, therefore allowing a so-called semblance of social mobility for football clubs. The main criticism of the Super League lies in the fact that it's a closed shop. So no relegation for the founding members, even if they were to completely suck that season. And therefore, this shuts the door unfairly on successful clubs who find themselves outside of the exclusive club of 15. Rightly so, there has been a backlash from football pundits and media personalities in the UK, and there have been protests outside football clubs as well. Welcome back to another episode of Football Armchair Experts, where we pretend to know everything, but actually we know nothing. So here with us to share their opinions, you know, we are global fans. Maybe we have different opinions from those in the UK. Uh, Liverpool fan, Inran, Chelsea fan, Robin, Newcastle fan, Manjun, and I myself, Mark, I'm a Fulham fan. So, European Super League. Other people, people want to see the whole world burn. No, football is getting a bit boring. Wait, 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 wait. Your, your mic got a lot of echo. Really? So much controversy here. Oh like, no. How about you're reverbing yourself. <laughs> you're announcing it in the empty stadium. It's like... <laughs> Firstly, right. <laughs> if, if there's no okay, big yeah. six, but my Singtel cars will be half price next year. So that's a good, good thing. Other than that, I have no comments for a super league. Oh my god, just got some half price. <laughs> okay, I guess Liverpool fan and Chelsea fan from the other side of the world, do you have similar thoughts as those as in the UK? I think in general, most football fans will be uh, in agreement with what the media is saying about it. I think some parts of it make sense, but some doesn't. So, okay. so, so, so the one that doesn't is the one where like, oh, there's no relegation, no nothing, then you just forever be the league, right? From Ning Club's perspective, maybe they should explain a bit more how that's going to help football as they see it, right? Like, like the, the obvious one is just like, oh, UEFA has a monopoly over like all these European competitions, so, and, okay. and they are, they are not governing, governing it well, which is why like, the clubs are coming out and like saying like, oh, we can do a better job. Mm-hmm. So, but, but beyond the, all these arrests, very superficial stuff, right? They haven't, I don't think they've gone into the detail of how it's got actually going to work, how it's actually going to benefit people. They say they're going to get more money, like, then they can like, pass money down to, to the other clubs, but, but that doesn't, that's not answering a lot of the questions. Right? Yeah. I think there was one interview with Florentino Perez. I think I was oh, yeah, trying yeah, right. yeah, he said he was trying to, he said he's like saving football. I right? mean, it's like, true. I mean, yeah, I think it's pure bull because <laughs> what he's saying is that the Champions League is not economically viable. 
So like they, they aren't earning money in the champ in the Champions League. So they, then Champions League is not earning money and it's a, a sort of a monopoly. Then now you want to go create another big trough monopoly on your own to help football. Like, I don't really get his, his thinking. I mean, I get it as a businessman, but then... I, I think, um, okay, I, I don't personally support the European Super League, but I think this is what their perspective is. I think this is similar to the Premier League also. That a lot of these clubs, at least maybe these foreign owners feel that a lot of their clubs are the big draw of the Premier League or of the Champions League. And sometimes, I think in terms of the Premier League at least, uh, in terms of the broadcasting revenue, is split evenly amongst all teams. And then after that, there's a portion which is rewarded based on your uh, the position you finish. So they feel as if they maybe should get a bigger slice of the Premier League uh, broadcasting revenue. For those like in Spain and Italy, their broadcasting revenue isn't as big as the Premier League. So they're going to want to have to like, hey, now we bring in all these Man U, Man City, uh, Man City is not a good example, Man U, Liverpool uh, teams come in and then people will want to watch, they pay a bigger price for it and then they're able to split it more between themselves. They don't have to share with the, the, like the Zenit St. Petersburg and the Shakhtar Donetsk of the world uh, in that sense. <laughs> so I, I sort of get what he means. Like he's the, like uh, Perez as the, the owner of Real Madrid, like you feel as if you're the big draw, why am I not getting paid for it? I think like one of the pundits on ESPN actually makes a very good point that no one else seems to be making. Like fundamentally, what do you believe like the football ecosystem is? And it's like a philosophical question. And it's like, do you feel that the clubs are responsible for their own revenues and fame and everything, right? Like, yes, like we are the ones bringing in the money, mm. so we should get a larger part of the pie. Or do you feel that they are part of a larger, like the football pyramid where, yes, they are at the top, right? And it's supposed to trickle down, but they are also getting supported by the bottom cuts because they are the ones that set like all the storylines and everything right so if you are part of the football pyramid you should be giving back some of the share of of the money right like my thoughts is that okay, your success is based on playing all these other clubs right even though they're not as big as you but it's like across like this several decades or like even a century right it's like it's all it's like through all these countless games you reach where you are now you cannot discount mm. like all the other clubs yeah you can't be like okay i'm the biggest draw now right and then i deserve the like all the money now like to, to some extent you can understand that because if you look at it from a business point of view and like like just purely mm. on the and just purely on the numbers, you will be seeing like okay, this is like our. You you can calculate like how much is the share of uh the viewership, uh of the whole Premier League based on like, how much is it is based on like your club in general. I mean your club, mm-hmm. as, like, as one like entity and like the whole like big six as a whole. So it's like you'll be like oh shit, actually all these other games right. You're, 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 you're giving like the, all the other clubs so much more viewership like like the, the games where they play you right, will be their top uh, viewership right. for every season uh. well uh, with my club being embroiled in this uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed la, that they've actually ag- agreed to be part of the founding members uh, I personally am not a fan of it I mean um, if I was a kid maybe I would be a fan because this is the thing that we would do as kids playing FIFA with our friends, creating a custom tournament. Mm. These are the teams you would add in your 20. And this is what you would play in a game. But after thinking about it and it being a possibility in real life, I'm actually not that excited or enthused about the, the whole idea like, that you get to play Real Madrid, Barcelona almost every other week, every year. Because I think part of the excitement that comes from facing these big teams is the draw. <laughs> that you never know who you're going to get in the Champions League, right? Like when, Buster, when Bayern Munich came out, then the next team you see Arsenal, then like, oh, everyone's very excited. It's going to be a goal fest. <laughs> Arsenal's going to get wrecked. 
With that said, right, why is Arsenal even considered a big six? Ridiculous. They've not even made to Europe the past <laughs> few years. They struggled. I mean, even Chelsea, right, this is the first semi-final we've hit in a, in a while, in a long while. So it's very questionable how the teams were selected in the first place. So when people like Perez comes out to say it's for the fans, uh, just compare with the reactions from the fans now. How can it be for the fans? It's clearly bullshit. Right, but at least he's like I think he's quite clear that it's also a business thing and that revenues are his first concern. So respect <laughs> on that front, he's at least <laughs> honest about the the money aspect, and it's very blatant for us to see lah. And I think for clubs, it's very hard to say no when you're invited because when you join, you straight away get a three hundred million euro I think mm. bounty. It's like J P Morgan giving you free money, take lah. <laughs> right. Why will you reject? And there's a lot of pressure from COVID, I get it. But if they really cared about the fans who are the ones giving them money, because after all, football has become more an entertainment value for the fans rather than just pure sport. Um, they should not go ahead with it. Lah. So everyone's like loving the German clubs and Paris because they, they, they stuck their ground and they were true. Mm. Somehow the media is portraying like UEFA and FIFA as like, like the, the good, good guys. guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but it's actually just to pick your poison, uh. It's like, and, and 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 I think on the kickoff, that's what one of them, one of them, what what one of them said. I think it's quite quite true. They say like, okay, uh, for example, FIFA, right? They like they've been fucking over the small clubs also essentially after they formed mm. the Premier League, and then with all like with how they are selling, like they they allow the sale of like for example, like Chelsea to Roman Abramovich maybe and like. And allowing all these like American investors, like uh Russian investors or like this Middle Eastern investors to come in, like all these billionaires to come and take take over the club and like give them okay. so much power. So like in a sense, they are like screwing over the small clubs because like they get so much more power uh. within the league. And then now it's like some other bigger fish is coming over to screw them over in the same way. And then now they are just like then they realize, hey shit, like we have like we have we are, we are, we are like complicit in it. Lah. It's like mm, actually I a bit disagree with that. I think to be honest. Okay, yes, obviously no Russian oligarch is going to come in and take over. I'm going to offend a, a club here. Um, Bunsley. <laughs> Probably not a lot of Bunsley fans. But uh, so, I mean, yes, in, in a way, your team is not going to be viable for a foreign takeover unless you become a decent size. Then, you know, maybe some foreign uh, rich owner will come in and say, okay, maybe there's this potential in this club I want to take over. But Arguably, you know, um, Leicester were taken over. I think only a few years after they got promoted from League One to the Championship, got taken over by a Thai uh, owner and got brought up to the Premier League. Of course, not an American or Russian owner of that kind of uh, you know level, but it is still sort of rich within the mid-tier kind of uh, level of club. And I, in in a way, it's how much you position your team to be viable to be taken over by by a foreign owner. Lah. So I think there is still a bit of fairness in terms of that. I mean, so long as they play within like the realms of, you know, still within the Premier League, within the Championship, and they don't have too much power over the league, which is what, you know, probably what these uh, um, owners are trying to go for, even if they don't eventually create a Super League, they want more say in the Premier League, more say in the Championship, or or, or more uh, revenue from it. So, I mean, for me, I feel it's a, a little bit, okay, it's not a conspiracy theory, but I think it's also because a lot of the clubs that are really pushing for this, right, majority of them are not really getting Champions League year in, year out. I think for Bayern Munich and PSG, pretty much is Champions League guaranteed. 
you know, they're going to finish in their top four and top three respectively in the league. Arsenal are, you know, possibly missing out on Europe totally for the first time in 25 years. So definitely this is a way into Europe for them, you know, even though probably they'll finish bottom of the table for each time. Spurs, uh... Spurs, yeah, of course, Spurs, of course, yeah, Spurs, of course, they're gonna they're gonna accept it because like maybe if this was created ten years ago, no way Spurs would get in. Yeah. Um uh, I think that's one of the criticisms, right? Like how do you how do they even choose the the, the, the clubs to get in? It's like it's I, like purely on the financial part of it. Right? Because correct. And and even with the financial part, it's like teams like Spurs only recent years only. Right? If you go mm. back a few years, it's like top four only, even before like the man, like just ten years ago, there's no man city, just like top four. I think it's the same even in Italy and Spain. Barca and Real Madrid obviously financially not doing well. Um, in Italy, Juve might miss out on the Champions League for the first time in a long time. You know, they lost to Atalanta this weekend. Uh, Milan, three seasons in a row already in the Europa League. Not say they're doing well also. And Menu and Inter Milan are good examples of flopping very badly this season in the Champions League. They both got knocked out in the group stage. So are these teams qualified enough to be able to say that, you know what, we we must get a seat at the top table every season. I'm not sure that it's a compelling case. In American sports, they want the biggest everything all jammed into one league. You know, in that sense, like, oh, okay, this... I mean, basketball is a good example of a sport that you have non-stop action for, like, I'm not even sure how long it's a basketball game. Is it 60 minutes? I'm not sure. It's 48 minutes. Okay, 4 4 times 12. I thought it was 4 (laughs) times 15. So, clearly not a basketball fan. Uh... (laughs) I think it's sort of an Americanization of football because they don't really like the fact that, I mean, I think we'll be very honest, some games are boring, you know, but, you know, in the Champions League also, you have goalless draws also, and of course, you have dead rubbers also. So, I think there's no way you can get around that. I think the counterpoint to that is that all you're aiming for is to finish, okay, let's say it works exactly like US sports. If it's a 20-team league, you finish in the top eight to finish in the playoffs at the end of the season. So, what if say Arsenal, I'm pretty sure they're not going to do well in this league. Say they cannot make top eight, like clearly, like after maybe 10 games, then what, what are they going to do in this league? Just play reserves. Uh? You know, after all, it's just going to be meaningless. Sorry, man. You don't, you're not fighting relegation. You're not fighting for a top eight place. What are you really doing there? You know, so I think in, in a sense in the US, it's not a big issue. Also because they got the draft system also. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if, if you don't do well, you will get the best players the following yeah. season. Would these football teams want to do that? I'm pretty sure no. You know, so you have... Not saying the US system is perfect or so, but if you want to adopt that, you have to take everything. Uh, one thing I can comment about the US system, right, is that similar... Let's say you have a 20-team Premier League with the men use at MCD and the Spurs and the Arsenals. So eventually, like as time goes by, the big market teams like Man U and Chelsea, mm. they will still be the ones that sort of get more attention and get more of the get big, they get a bigger piece of the pile because mm-hmm. they are the kind of things that people want to watch ma, those mm-hmm. kind of things so I, I guess like American model or not like I still feel the big teams will still end up winning more la, because it's the same as American sport is that there are even though let's say basketball there are 32 teams Mm-hmm. Okay, but then end of the day, the big market teams are the ones that still get more money, get more fans, get more ticket sales, get more attention across the world. So like it'd be teams like from like New York, they probably get more attention than teams downstairs in like Charlotte area. I don't know where, where is that even? I guess uh, this is what I was thinking la, about this. That say for example, if the FA Cup final ended up as two underdog teams, 
would as many people want to watch it from around the world. Maybe, of course, fans from those two teams will want to watch it. Say, for example, it ends up being like Wigan versus Portsmouth. Are you going to watch Wigan versus Portsmouth even though it's an FA Cup final? Probably not, lah. But you know, at what point are you going to rig it such that the FA Cup final will always be big teams? So that's basically what the European Super League is about, lah. You know, Champions I mean, they are, they are they are they are really making it very hard for Wigan to win the FA Cup if they go through the first round. Correct. So I guess. Yeah, but in that sense, you give these teams an equal opportunity to to possibly upset a big team also, whereas rather than you completely make it a close shot and then like oh okay the Champions League final every year will be Barcelona versus Real Madrid nobody else gets in you know they that kind of thing international because, Champions Cup right, because yeah then exactly then it becomes an international Champions Cup kind of thing right? I guess that's a, that's how the NBA is like right it's like every year it's like Kobe Bryant and LA Lakers when he was there then and like and, and they still managed to make their work but yeah I get I, I get what you mean like, maybe people they want to see more of a spectacle whereas Whereas f- football is like more of the, the history and like the meritocracy and like how the small team can beat the big teams. Yeah, I think the main, yeah, the main problem for the ESL is really the close shot thing. I don't see how that, like, it just removes the competitiveness from the whole thing. Uh. I don't know how the US people can stand it. Uh. Maybe to them, it's like they don't care. It's like, uh, shit, uh, this team every year, last one, then they don't really care. They just wait for the big teams to play each other in the playoffs or something, which I think they do. So... so- I guess maybe, it, I think Manjun asked me this, how come we never ask him on this? Because Arsenal are probably, this is going to also offend a lot of Arsenal fans, probably the weakest team that have been invited into these 12. Uh, to be I honest, for, if... for only like people who actually like follow football closely who actually care about this. Because at the end of the day, Arsenal still have mass appeal ma, in that sense. So I guess that's all that matters okay. in ESL. So it's not really oh, Arsenal are the weaker squad, but it's like, like Arsenal I guess the name. You can say they are the weaker squad, but they are the more one of the more recognized teams. Mm, you see okay. Arsenal, any freaking copy their uncle will also know it's Arsenal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean it goes back to the financial part, law. So I guess it's more or less like are you playing with brands rather than clubs? La? Yeah, yeah, in the sense it's more of brands. La. Arsenal is a huge brand. Mm. They won't go away, ma. Okay, yeah. I guess mainly our issue is with the fact that there is no relegation. Uh, Manjun and I have done a video on uh, coping with relegation. You can check that out if you are curious. No tears uh, or involved. Just <laughs> pure banter. <laughs> yeah, but in the meantime, yeah, I mean, okay. Say for example, I think it's interesting if you look to look at it from your own point of view. So I guess maybe we can start with uh, Manjun. Will this benefit Newcastle? <laughs> oh, that's a very good question. Eh? I mean, I wouldn't think so. La. Like, I feel in the grand scheme of things, like, the only reason why people globally, except Newcastle fans, like, the only reason why people globally would be interested in Newcastle is because they are facing a Liverpool and a Man U in the midweek, you know, in that weekend. Mm-hmm. So, like, so in terms of growing our brand, I would say that it's a huge, why, why, what's the word you call that? It's, it's a no-go. La. It's a bad okay. move. Yeah. But, but, uh, but to me, Speaking as a casual, because I am a casual fan, like I want this, <laughs> I want this so European Super League to happen. Like, I feel like this model has been here for so many years. Eh? This Champions League model, this Europa League model. Then suddenly UEFA want to come up with some stupid Europa Conference League that was somehow fixed the whole goddamn <laughs> yeah. thing. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, it allows fairness, lah. But to be honest, to make things more exciting, just like I feel real change only comes when when, when like you get really pushed the corner. So I think maybe UEFA and FIFA can come up with some brilliant idea to settle this because they get pushed the corner by 
Edward and his boys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've not name dropped so far other than Florentino Perez, but okay, yeah. Edward was also one of the co-conspirators uh, when it comes to this. Right from the start, Chelsea and Man City were not the instigators of this. Like, they were invited into it. Mm. So do you think, you know, does, do Chelsea benefit from this? Uh, they definitely benefit, but in the long run, probably not sustainable model. Because if the fans are already so up in arms about it, the viewership, I think, will naturally drop. They will just boycott and not support this uh, tournament. Then naturally, sponsorships will lose the reason to sponsor the event. So JP Morgan will eventually pull out. Then no one else will be willing to sponsor. No matter how big the clubs are in, there's no viewership, no eyeballs on your brands. So no reason to offer money and support this tournament anymore. right? So I think they would they have a huge fight to even get it approved in the first place. Lah. No matter how stubborn they are, um, I struggle to see them pushing through successfully because I think there'll be huge protests. <laughs> they are lucky that fans cannot go to the stadiums, but I think Leeds are already like protesting outside the stadium. So, yeah. And the players are wearing the t-shirts during the warm-ups to you know, peaceful protest right? Uh, about what's there, football is for the fans, stuff like that. Mm. And it's going to add like a whole new fatigue level for players. Eh. Now already complaining fixture congestion. You want to add another league. Eh. That's another 38 games for all the players. They're going to go mad. <laughs> so the quality of football will drop also. Mm. In fact, actually one of the, before I get to Inran uh, about, about Liverpool, um, one of the, the, the Guardian articles also was saying, uh, interesting uh, scenario if they were to include all these uh, European Super League matches. So, uh, a lot of these bigger teams uh, will be playing their full squads in the European Super League because they don't have to qualify for the European Super League. So they will end up playing their, you know, say for example, they get their cake and eat it too. They get to play still in the Premier League. They end up playing their reserves in the Premier League. Maybe you get like Menu finishing 13th, uh, Liverpool finishing 14th, that kind of thing. But it really doesn't matter. And then the, the, the team that actually does finish top, say for example, is Leicester finish top. They will qualify to then be able to compete with these clubs that finished 13th and 14th in the Premier League. So it is, it's a little bit of a actual irony there. I'm not sure how they are able to not see this because I think basically it will only ever, ever happen one of one way la, is that you know it's either the Premier, they stay in the Premier League and not have the Super League or they join the Super League and not have the Premier League. I think it's hard to have both. I think maybe based on, on the fact that we are not UK fans, you know. There are, there mm. are fans in Asia like China, uh, Japan, in Southeast Asia and all that. They won't really, I think I'm, I'm going to be quite honest, I think they don't really care about the Newcastle or, or the Fulhams, that kind of thing. There are going to be global fans still tuning into this competition and, they, and you know, the Asian audience is pretty big. They can sustain themselves that way first. Then, you know, maybe after a while, the British, the European audience will start to, ah, you know what? Let's give this a go. Let's try it out. I think that's where I will have to like slightly disagree with Robin because, like, like he said, uh, I think like the viewership will go down. But that's but what they're going for with this is to increase their viewership. But it's like getting more casual fans into the game at the expense of like the dedicated fans that were there mm-hmm. since the start, since the beginning. I think I also heard that from one of the shows. I don't know which pundit was saying like, It's like. <laughs> so Everybody how, has had their view. Uh, this, so. this is called yeah, paraphrase yeah. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is where we summarize everything for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you have to hear that from somewhere for us to make our judgment, right? Also, yeah, like, to collect the 
information. Next time we don't quote the research. people, we just say it's our own. Like, wow, <laughs> very yeah. insightful yeah. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but like you're saying how how it is like the owners essentially, uh, like betraying the fans that are in the stadium for a worldwide audience. So. Yeah. So is that a worthy trade off? So they they'll just get more eyeballs. That, uh, they'll get yeah, more. They just want that um confirmed revenue per year, right? From the from this league, which leaves a very very bad taste uh, as as audience as as fans i mean the revenue has to come from somewhere uh, and it's definitely going to come from like the, the, all the media deals they're saying how like all the big media companies ready to bid for it already and and all that uh. but i think personally mm. for me not even as a liverpool fan or whatever like just like a, as a football fan as a whole i don't really see how it will work like mm. you said it's like the clash between the values of uh, not values but like the clash between like okay if you go ahead with the Super League, then it will invalidate your local league already. I mean, the local like country leagues already because like, what are you playing for after that other than winning the league? Yeah. So you can have one winner and then like, the other positions don't count for anything. Mm. Whereas now, at least you are still playing for the champion, Champions League. You have like, you qualification for Champions League and the winner, meaning winner, right? It's not like, like, for example, every season when City run off the title, then like, like nobody need to watch it either. It's like, there's no more storylines left. There's only either you win and the rest. Mm. And then like, I don't see how that's going to work. Like, and then somehow they can work it in the system and uh, until, until it's, like, oh, it's like similar to Champions League, you have like top four can qualify and then all that. So I, I don't see how that's going to work. Like the close, close, close shot thing where there's no relegation. It's just weird. It's like it goes against like, a competitive spirit. And number two, I don't think it's the right solution for the problem that they're trying to solve, like, which is that the more money part. But I, th- I think the more money part comes in because like, the transfer deals and the wages of like all these players and like everything in football is just like getting like so crazy <laughs> price. It's, it's like I, it's like for big clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yes, the Spanish league as a whole, right? They don't earn as much as the Premier League, but I would assume the top clubs also earn freaking a lot already. They're getting I think Barcelona and and Real Madrid already getting like fifty percent of the cut of like the whole Spanish league, mm. uh, media like the deals or something like that. But like but still Barcelona still like freaking one billion dollar in debt because they want to buy players for 100, billion, like 100 million and like giving them like all these crazy things like, and then to support all these wages and all that like mm. their solution to that is okay we need to get more money but, oh, but it's like, then what is like there's the never ending ceiling to that one you will, you will, like, the bottom part will just keep pushing the top like, mm. like the cost will keep pushing the the need to get more revenue up and then like you're gonna look somewhere else for the next like oh where's the money gonna fall from like I don't think that's a sustainable answer to it mm. I mean I, I guess, you know, you, you touched on uh, upon it already. Like, yeah, I think other than the fact that you have to be able to, you know, play good football, entertain your fans and all that, I think at the end of the day, part of it, I mean, you know, some of us have played football managers, so part of it is also <laughs> to managing managing the finances also. Ma. Like, if you don't manage your finances and then your club goes into debt, you get, I mean, you get points deduction, all this kind of thing. And then some some clubs get relegated from the Premier League. Uh, that's the punishment for not managing your funds properly. Like, you know, Portsmouth have gone down because of that. It's part of the fairness also. Ma. You get a certain amount of money, spend it well, then you will be able to be successful. Uh. Don't spend it well, you have to pay the price for it. Uh. I don't think that's going to work that much going forward. Eh. So like nowadays, right, anytime there's a club in financial trouble, right, there's they are gonna be willing investors that will come in to buy the club. Eh, so no, yeah. And okay, look, at the end of the day, if you have willing investors coming in to buy the club and manage to get you bail you out of uh, like say if it's bankruptcy and all that, then okay lah, maybe you've marketed your club well enough to be able to do that. Lah, but you know the owners will change. The the same owners don't get to stay on and be able to like, oh, we just spend more, it really doesn't matter how much debt we get into. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so to me, that's like two of the main points or like it's like the, the close shot thing and how it affects the, the league as a whole. Like it just doesn't work. It's like the competitiveness is just gone and it destroys a lot of like the other storylines within the domestic leagues. That's number one. And number two is like mm. not a sustainable way to manage the problem which they are trying to solve, right? I mean, that's to put it nicely, to put it, to put it bluntly is that whatever, they just want to earn as much, as, as much money as possible. Mm. Not even try to solve anything on it. You can call me a skeptical, but I think like, if let's say there are any changes, let's say this, this Super League really comes about. Like, I think with time, like the public, the fans will still like get used to it. You know, I mean, it'll be the norm to have the Super League. Like people won't even remember back then how was it like. Only then maybe in the next thirty years there'll be old men like us. Hey, do you remember the good old days of the Premier League and there was fair competition? How much is that? <laughs> so it's only a Super League now. No, I mean okay, the idea itself perhaps not the best, but I feel the fact that something is being initiated. The shake up. Uh, uh. The shake up is good. But then if let's say the league really goes through, then I still feel that now, now because emotions are raging, everyone's talking about this. I mean, next time when Gary Neville is making millions of dollars doing this, right? he don't give a shit about what he's saying now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Manjuri had a theory on this, oh, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's the perfect theory, boys. I, I think you think that UEFA and FIFA and, and Cat Woodward are, are corrupt, right? They, they say this is the big ploy of Big Sam to, to make sure that West Brom <laughs> doesn't go down. <laughs> and I think it's perfect. His team will never go down. Even more corrupt than FIFA anyway. <laughs> so I think maybe the Newcastle win against uh, against West Ham sort of triggered him. So that's why he's yeah, we just start now. <laughs> it's also very disrespectful to other clubs, like the the other five who are rotating in and out. Even if they win their respective leagues, right? I think the fifteen founding men club, clubs will still look at them like, oh, you guys are like the okay, the- uh, special guests. Come on. Yeah, you guys are just the guests, you know, you just the, hop the on for seat, the ride. The seat fillers, it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a bit disrespectful and it's it's not right for sport. Lah. It's, it's elitism uh, in, in a but simple it, but, way. But isn't the world all about elitism? Sadly, yeah, sadly. <laughs> Capitalism, yeah, also, I mean. <laughs> Some people like to think that football is different from the world. And on a quote from The Guardian, I think pretty good quote, that's why I'm going to use it. By David Badil, it's a once everybody is super, nobody is. So <laughs> hopefully you've enjoyed our roundup of our views of the European Super League. Yeah, And if you do have any comments, of course, write them in the comment <laughs> section down below. If you like our material, go and have a look at our other videos as well. Uh, even though we know nothing, hopefully today you've learned something. We'll see you again in our next video. Bye-bye. Yeah.